welcome to the Unapologetic Connections podcast. We are spicing things up, having no podcast hosts, no scripts, and bearing it all completely unedited. We are a group of entrepreneurial women who believe in true, deep, unapologetic stories. Because life isn't always Instagram worthy. Life is messy, unpredictable, and can rock you to the core. It's time to unmask and show all aspects of ourselves unapologetically. Let's come together, rock this thing called life, and support the heck out of each other. Because ain't nobody got time for the mask of judgment. Get ready to connect, share, and feel the unedited love of unapologetic connections. Welcome back, Connections. My name is Ashley McIver, and I am one of the unapologetic speakers represented by the Unapologetic (laughs) Connections Agency, and I'm proud to be introducing this week's episode brought to you by New Beverages. In addition to my work as a speaker, I am also a health coach, and I am so excited to be bringing a topic to the table this week, a topic that I can definitely relate to, how to be rad with anxiety. (laughs) Mad with anxiety? Or riddled with anxiety. Oh my gosh, I think all four of us can definitely speak to this. I know I can. Uh, Anxiety is something that I have probably had since I was a child. Uh, We all know when you're a child, you don't really know what it is. So you often grow up feeling a little bit different, so to speak. Until I realized that anxiety was exactly what it was. Then I began to learn from it, heal from it, and as crazy as it sounds, at times, love it because it enabled me to service others, connect with others, and teach others on how to just go with the flow and live with it. Oh my God. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. I have been looking forward to recording this topic for so long. Like we put it off a couple of times. I can't remember why. I think we had some absences and stuff, but technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. <laughs> Something um, like that. Yeah, this is a big one though. I'm thrilled. Yeah. Anna, why don't you start us off and tell us about your experience with anxiety? I know it's something that we definitely talk about often. I always feel in a very safe space when I bring it up with you guys because we all relate. We can all just speak to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny because we talk about it all the time just without a microphone in front in front of us. In fact, I usually preach about it from stage as well. So that's not something that's unusual for me. And now all of a sudden I'm like, wow, we're like talking about it. There's something <laughs> right. like, yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, your experience, as you said, started as a child and mine started as an adult. Mm-hmm. I can't recall other than general worries and things like that. I don't ever remember being an anxious child and I was never an anxious teenager. I was never an anxious adult up until the accident, up until the post-traumatic stress uh, diagnosis. And then from that I had, I mean, there's anxiety and then there's post-traumatic stress, panic attacks. And I'm just kind of becoming familiar with what that all is. It's not as familiar to me as it might be to you. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, it's newer Mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah, I'm, my wheels are turning right now about what I want to share about it. Yeah. Do you think there's, like, different levels of anxiety? Oh, yeah, I totally. Definitely. Yeah, because I remember when I was younger, my anxiety was there, but I think I was picking up as an empath other people's anxiety, and I was taking it on as my own. 
and but then when um I, I think it was my mid-20s I remember having my first like panic attack and I was in a grocery store and my life was not like it was going through some shifts and some changes that were really uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I remember being in the grocery store and the walls were just closing in on me and I, I curled up in the middle of, of like the, the the aisle in the supermarket I was 21 okay <clears throat> Which, I mean, I've had anxiety when I was younger, again, because of picking up on things, but this was this was a whole nother level. And people still describe it as being anxiety. This is your anxiety attack. It's like, okay, well, what was, what was I experiencing before? Do you know? So I feel like they maybe people don't talk about the different levels of anxiety that you can get. Right. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, okay, well, now if I have an anxious moment now, I compare it maybe to my anxiety attack when I, in my early 20s, and I'm like, well, I'm not experiencing anxiety and then I just kind of you know say to myself oh I'm I'm too sensitive or get over it Haley you're not it's not like you're having an anxiety attack you know and I kind of like make um I don't know what the right word is like downplay downplay it thank you downplay it yeah and minimize it and part of I think I mean this has been my experience with anxiety and do you know what I was thinking when you were talking Haley that Kathy's not with us tonight recording but she would have said it's not your anxiety like when you say my anxiety it's not your anxiety it just is anxiety right that you are experiencing in that moment um so I will kind of mirror that language because I think it's really smart uh, on behalf of Kathy to kind of like Uh you know separate it from yourself the anxiety that I feel now you start to normalize it and I think mm. that's maybe what you were getting at is like you're minimizing it, but also because it's like you're dealing with it for so long. Mm-hmm. You just feel it over and over and over again. You've learned um, different coping skills and ways to manage and function with it that it stops becoming as I was going to use the word tragic given your experience in the grocery store aisle, but that's maybe not what I'm going here. Yeah. 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 You start to become unaware of who you are without your anxiety. True story. Mm. 100% true story. Say that again. That was big. You start to become unaware of who you are without your anxiety. So for me, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I have this super long memory. I always have. My dad would always say, you can remember so much, Ash, Mm. from when you were little. And I can. Conversations, everything. But I remember my first, um, not attack, but really feeling uncomfortable and my stomach upset. And when it was my first day of school for kindergarten and my mom took me to Coquihalla school and I was anxious and I was like that all through school off and on. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what's wrong with me? You know, there's something wrong with me. I feel different. I wasn't different. I was just an anxious kid. We didn't talk about it back then Mm -hmm. like we do now. Now I'm so aware of it. So you know, through therapy and through healing and all that, it, it really helped me. It helped me to tell the little girl back mm-hmm. then, you know, this was anxiety. This is okay. Now as an adult, me saying you become unaware of who you are without it, I actually don't want to know who I am without it. Because oh, that is so interesting. It's actually really, again, not crazy, but <laughs> benefited my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could really connect with people because I understood where they were coming from. If they were anxious, if they were struggling, I was there. I was them. 
This is this is interesting because I feel like we have a similar kind of energetic um, story of, around what anxiety is as like a child, like in elementary school. Because I remember hanging on to my mom's like leg, and I needed to go to counseling to be with people in general. I was so shy, and I know everybody would just say, "Oh, Haley, you're shy, you're shy, you're shy." But now, I mean, as an adult and hearing your story, it's like, "Oh yeah, I totally was suffering from." anxiety Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of it was even separation anxiety from my mom Mm -hmm. too but then you put the empath and the very the highly sensitive little girl yes in into it as well and and there's just like a whole bunch of diagnoses it's a a hot bag of mess is what it is and you've got this this five-year-old or this six-year-old this innocent child with all these feelings yeah and what do they do with them? They never talked about it back no, then. Yeah. No. And I think when you're so young, and I, I'm, I'm only imagining this because it was not my experience, but I imagine when you're five, there is actually no way to understand that this is a condition. There's no way to understand that. You just genuinely believe that, I guess, this is what life feels like. Mm-hmm. You know, I arrived on this planet and the world is really worrisome. Like, that's just <laughs> how life is going to be. That's so true. Whereas yeah. as an adult, I do have a really clear, like, distinction between the times where life didn't really bother me. Even in times of high stress, I was just able to really cope versus when I, I will just kind of say when I had an anxiety diagnosis, when I started to go, uh that's what that is. Yeah. I'm not crazy. I'm not overreacting. This is something that is beyond my control. This is completely outside of like rational thinking. This has taken over my body. When I got that diagnosis, now I think, okay, I can really see, which makes me actually grieve my life before mm-hmm. more because the anxiety now I'm like, oh, that's pain. But I want to circle back to what you said as well, because I also did not feel that I had the same level of compassion that I do now. Yes. Prior to that, because I couldn't understand. I just couldn't get there as, a, as just a human being who hadn't experienced physical pain, mental pain. It just wasn't something that really, um, I, I responded to well. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Why can't, why can't you just move on? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, Anna, that was an interesting perspective to take and really cold and, and not compassionate. And now I see it and I wouldn't be doing the work I do today but for that experience. So I've learned to have gratitude for it as well and gratitude for that experience. Um, But I definitely don't necessarily like the symptoms, but I have gratitude for having the human experience. Right. Mm -hmm. You start to identify with it too. I am anxiety. That's it. I am anxiety. I live Mm -hmm. in full out anxiety. I experience anxiety. Take a step back and realize that, all it is is I'm I am experiencing sensations of anxiety. Mm-hmm. I am not anxiety. Totally. I feel those feelings. Okay, and mm-hmm. for so long I lived with that feeling that I am anxiety, mm-hmm. and that's all I was ever going to be. And my whole life was going to revolve around being this anxious bag of mess. <laughs> and did that was your experience as a child as well? Like how far back? Can Gosh, you... I. I remember having anxious moments as a child, and I think it was separation anxiety as well. I remember, like, going to the mall with my mom or going shopping with my mom, and I'd turn around and she'd be gone. Okay. Sorry. But, like, she didn't leave me in the store. No, but, like, I'd turn around and she was, like... 
pointed in. No, but like she would be right there. But if I couldn't see her, right, uh, it was like full out right. meltdown. Panic. Which in my life, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just dying. <laughs> which in my life, later on, I went through some moments where I had to go to counseling and therapy because if my parents ever went away. I'd be sick every oh, well. every time they went away, uh, every single time, like because I thought something would happen. They to were them. gonna die. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I th- and that was my reality. Every time they went away, they were not coming home. I am absolutely Period. fascinated by that. Really, I actually yeah. think that is a norm. I think that can be a normal thing that children go through because I know my daughter right now is going through at nighttime where she'll break down in tears and she's crying and. I'll say, what, what, what's your fear right now? You know, because mm-hmm. I make her a worry box because anxious mom has all these tools <laughs> in the toolbox. <laughs> I got something for that. I got something for that. Um, so I pulled out her worry box and I'm like, write down your worry for me. And all of a sudden I open it up and it's like, mom, dead. Aww. I'm worried mom's going to die. But I remember going through that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I remember that as well. They're just trying to sort out reality and yeah. mortality and, and what that experience is like. I remember Ava, my oldest, who's now 10, a couple of years ago, we showed her our wedding video for like the first time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's got all like soft music and it's just one of those cheesy <laughs> wedding videos that we put together. I'm sure it's just like a photo log. Like, we didn't have any money for videographers back then. And she bawled her eyes out for a solid five hours saying... I missed you when I wasn't born. I missed you when I wasn't born. And just had this, like, yeah, this huge, like, existential dilemma about, like, not being able to (laughs) be alive earlier. (laughs) I I, I totally relate to that. That's exactly what happened to me. We should have a, I need to have a conversation. You need to to meet my Ava. I think you would probably get her. Yeah. But I think the yeah. nice thing is, not maybe not the nice thing, but the the helpful thing that if we do have children with anxiety is we're never going to say to them, well, that's ridiculous thinking. Oh, God, Why are you thinking like that? No. Oh, you're being over... Mm-hmm. Every time my daughter says something that she's thinking that maybe is completely irrational, but I mean... But it's, it's her reality. reality. <laughs> but it's her reality. That's right. Yeah. I'll say, oh, been there. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jessica? What do you think? What are your thoughts on this? Well, for me, I think I had anxiety all throughout my teenagers. I don't remember having it as far back as a child, but I don't also remember a lot of things from that time frame in my life. Um, but I remember the first time that I actually was able to put a name to what I was feeling was around 23, mm-hmm. um, where you know prior to that I had just been experiencing the feelings and the nauseousness and the symptoms that go with it. And actually I'd been to the doctor for all the tests and everything and nobody called it anxiety. nobody nobody knew exactly what it was they thought oh maybe you've got you know a stomach problem or maybe you've got this issue or that issue and they never actually diagnosed it until uh yeah around 23 um and for me it's it's talking about different levels it's been all kinds of different levels sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just um a level that I can continue working and be completely productive and normal and other times I've been off work for up to six months at a time just because I can't function and need to be 
spending some time alone. Mm, wow. Thank so. you so much for sharing that. I just, just uh, the amount of time. Cause I always think like, even if you take like a couple of days off, like I'm mm-hmm. doing something wrong. So for you to mm-hmm. give that amount of time, it almost gives me permission that I don't, I can take more days. I, and I know I shouldn't have to need that, but it just gives me perspective mm-hmm. on when I feel bad for taking my one day. Yeah. Actually, you know, if, if I really, I'm not ready to go back to work, to, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. And thank goodness I did that. Right. Because yeah, there was a lot of years where anxiety, I would say was, um, a driver in my life. Like it, it really shaped what I could and couldn't do and what my functioning level could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, where now I've actually learned so much more about, you know, what my triggers are and how to handle it and how to cope and who to, who's my support team. And, um, when I need to go see the doctor, when I start seeing it increasing and getting worse and starting to take away from my life, then I know I've got to get back to the doctor. I've got to, you know, maybe even increase my medication or change my medication or whatever. Um, I've also had to accept that I'm one of those people that for some people, anxiety comes and goes in their lives, depending mm-hmm. on what's happening, right? It can be situational anxiety. That's that, exactly like mine. Exactly. Because it's now not a part of my life. And for a while it was, and right. before then it wasn't. So it absolutely situational. Yeah. Yes. And for a lot of people, that's the way it is, right? Something major or catastrophic or stressful or whatever will happen in their lives, and they'll experience anxiety for a period of time. Yes. And then there's other people, like myself, that... I will always have anxiety. Like generalized anxiety. It's generalized anxiety. And then it does get amplified when there's those stressful times or those situations, but it will will be there my whole life. And that's, you know, genetic and learned and who knows where it comes from, but I will always be on medication and it took me a long time to accept that. So A, I love that you shared that and I really appreciate that you shared that because that was really deep. Mm -hmm. Um, Second, I'm interested in when you said six months off of work and that I want to know more about what kind of feelings that you had during them because for me mine is quite situational and generalized so if I am going to the doctor or if I'm taking a flight or things like that I'm pretty amped up up until I go and everything is fine and then when I come down off that flight or I leave that doctor's appointment my body will almost feel tense because I'm like oh okay we're good. We can go about our day now. We can go about life now. Mm-hmm. Job interview, same thing. I'm like in a sweat. I'm re- my heart is pounding. I can hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, when that interview's over, boom, I'm immediately down mm-hmm. and I'm just relaxed again. That's how mine works. Okay. And yes. mine are all triggered by, um, and I will say specifically minor trauma triggers. If it is directly related, if the stress or the situation is directly related to my trauma, I will have an anxiety or panic attack. It will go away. Sometimes it takes a couple of days. It really does take a long time to come down from quite a high attack. But it is only trauma triggers now for me. Really? And then it's on occasion social interactions when I just, I I have like an absolute disdain for small talk. Like it does my head in and it, it literally does my head in. If I don't know you well enough to talk about the real stuff, yeah. mm-hmm. it really, I, I get really anxious. I'm like, this is, this is very uncomfortable for me. I would rather you tell me about your anxiety or your hemorrhoids. Right. Or, <laughs> or something. <laughs> other than like, like, I, I, I get really anxious about just like, how, how are you? What are, what are you up to and stuff? And I can feel, I get breathless because I'm like, I'm, I'm losing. I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't, I can't identify why that would trigger me. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't yeah. matter. It do- doesn't yeah, matter. It's it's right. just, you don't need to know why. Small t- I know you say I don't do small talk. I do real talk. It's because it's painful for me. Yeah. Like, do you feel like it's a waste of your time? 
no, I just feel like I don't know you. I need to, I need to understand who you are. And like, I'm intuiting that there's something else and I'm not hearing what that is. And if I'm not in a position where you're sitting across from me at a coaching desk where I can ask you the question because mm. you've paid for that service, I'm not yeah. just going to, in a grocery store, <laughs> start to, you know, come peel it all back. Yeah, I'm not going to peel it all back, right, in, in every situation because it, it, it's about making other people comfortable too and keeping their situation comfortable. But, um, yeah, so I would say limited social interaction and then anything that's a trauma trigger. But other than that... It, it's it exactly like it's not what Jessica said at least not in my experience I just wanted to jump in and say something because I I yes please feel like I'm not alone um anxiety has always been such a shameful thing for me I've hidden it and I have shown up and laugh and giggle and I'm dying mm-hmm. like I had to step away from a position at work a couple years ago and when I left and my boss I had been working with for like 17 years, I think it was. And I was like, I'm kind of on the verge of like losing my shit. And he was like, what? Everything seems so fine. I'm like, it's I'm not really like I'm, this. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really, yeah, because you show up as I, I, and I still do show up as this, you know, at work, smiling, laughing, giggling, and then I get into my car at the end of the day, and I'm like, fuck, okay. Mm-hmm. <sighs> You're exhausted. I'm tired. What brings on the, the like, shame around it, do you think? Like, I mean, o- the obvious answer is, like, stigmas and things like that around mental Definitely health. Definitely stigmas. But... Um, I think it was, yeah, it was never talked about. Mm-hmm. I'm sure three quarters of my family suffer from anxiety. Mm-hmm. Not that any of them will ever admit it. Right, but, it was on the hush-hush. But I see... I see how you live your life and I'm sorry that you live it that way and feel like there's no other option for you out there when I know there is. Mm -hmm. There are. Because it's such a terrible way to live. Mm -hmm. Constantly like on the edge and on the verge of jumping. Yeah. Like, well, you feel most of it. Oh. You're in your head. You're yeah. you're in your head so much. Mm-hmm. I remember my doctor saying to me at one point about the anxiety, the anxiety. See how I framed that. The, yeah. Um, this was quite a few years ago now, so I might be articulating this wrong, but he said there the most painful symptoms is not the worrying. It's not mm-hmm. the over anxious mind. This is a physical disorder. Like yeah. your most painful symptoms are quite literally in your throat. You feel like a lump in your throat. And that can stay for a very long time. You can feel a racing heart. Your chest can actually ache. And mine Mm -hmm. used to, after major panic attacks, Mm -hmm. I would have pain around my bra line all the way around the back because the expansion of the just deep breathing and the heart Mm -hmm. pacing and all of that. And then other symptoms. I mean, there's things like nausea and diarrhea and Mm -hmm. vomiting. Like it can really range depending on your experience with anxiety. It is a physical disorder. And if you had two arms that didn't work, and went to work and more like you wouldn't feel as ashamed about that mm-hmm. but we feel ashamed of it somehow like we're supposed to get our head together like get your head in check keep your head on straight get it together get it together you should you know don't worry so much so, like there's so much conversation around that when really this is a physical disorder mm-hmm. oh you the worrying oh, you're like secondary yeah. to the physical symptoms that happen mm-hmm. in your body when you're fucking scared that's it's right fight or flight it's on fight or flight. and it doesn't make sense it really no, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's not logical. That, no. 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 Sometimes it, do, it, it, it can. Yes. And like in my situation, and then yes. you, in your situation, that's exactly right. I think that's really important for our listeners to know too. Anybody who's struggling with this, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Right. And yeah. other times it does. And both both might be qualified. 
And yes. I just want to mention one other thing about some of the symptoms because we've talked a lot about the um, the nervousness and the, the what we consider anxiousness, right? What we know of as, as anxious, anxiousness. Um, but there's another symptom that comes with it too, which is just complete shutdown. And that's what happens yes, with me. me too. So I get into that complete like mania of being anxious and worrying and all that stuff. But then I completely shut down. And once I shut down, I can't get going again. Mm -hmm. And that's when I need the longer periods of time off work to go mm -hmm. back to what Haley was saying. Like that's happened probably I'm going to say in my lifetime, I probably had about four stints of time off work anywhere between like two and six months each mm -hmm. um, because that's what happens. Like I literally shut down. Everything yeah. shuts down. And shutdown and avoidance is actually your body's way of coping exactly. as well. And particularly if it's trauma-induced or trauma-based, avoidance is a huge trauma symptom. Yeah. So that might be like an indicator that it might be linked to a trauma. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. It might not be either. It could just be the way that your body functions and copes and other like comorbid conditions like depression that can like really go hand in hand with anxiety. I feel like I'm, I'm anxiously losing my train of thought here, but it was so important um, about shutting down mm -hmm. and just kind of turning away from life. Your body is also being kind of re-triggered and traumatized by the ongoing anxiety. Mm -hmm. It is also fucking exhausted. Mm. It's yeah. so tired. Like yeah. the, your body is doing a lot of work. Yes. It's when a you're workout. Yeah. It's yeah. a workout. See, I'm the opposite. I don't shut down at all. I want to be around people. Oh, I need yeah. to be around people if mm. I'm, because I want to talk to you and because I want to see <laughs> I'm looking at you. I'm, I'm looking at Belle right now. How many messages go back and forth between yes. the two of us? Yes. Yeah, so I okay want to like, okay? hang out yeah. with you and just kind of talk and get that comfort. Or I need to go work out or I'll go to a yoga class or I, um, my husband has anxiety. I mean, Jesus, we're just a couple of, can you imagine what the house must be like? Me and my husband are both anxious. He has it as well. So the positive note on that is if I'm having a moment or I'm having a day or I'm just so uncomfortable in my skin, he'll just touch me and say, I get that part. Like I get it. Mm -hmm. Does he also nice. have a worry box is what I want to know. <laughs> no, his box is in a worry box. <laughs> Now, as we've said like 50 million times, we never used to talk about it, but now I love to talk about it. Um, not too much or not to people that don't have it, of course, but I really find it's therapy for me. It's kind of my healing to talk about totally. it and mm -hmm. to connect with you guys and to be open about mm -hmm. it. I had a medical procedure done a couple of years ago and I was getting uh, IV sedated um, for it and they couldn't find a vein. And I remember the nurse saying, we're going to have to do this without sedation. And I said, I have an anxiety disorder. I will jump off that tape. You cannot know. You're going to have to no, know. I did yeah. act. Like, I'm going to figure something out right now. Knock me out. I don't care. You know? And then I'm, oh, it just makes me feel, it's like nothing to talk about. It's like saying, oh, I've got my period. Oh, I've got anxiety. Yeah. Like, it's just not a big Which deal. Which usually happen at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I was say. Yeah. I've become the same way, Ashley. Just really comfortable with it now. And, and, and also, I've learned a lot, right? So, when I talk about the times off work, it's, that was actually quite a few years ago. I haven't had that happen now because now I'm in a position where I'm actually working through it and understanding where it's all coming from and just accepting it. Yeah. I'm not open about it. No? No. It. She won't even call it, it by its name. The anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Dun, dun, dun. Is it still the shame? Totally. Feeling? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I had to have a conversation with, I think it was four of my girlfriends from 20 plus years ago. And I like come to so-and-so's birthday party. I just could not go. And they think I'm bailing or they think I don't want to be there. Or they think I don't like, I physically cannot get myself there. So finally I just sent a message. I was like, Hey guys, this is what's going on. This is what's been happening. This is why sometimes I don't come. It's not that I don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. I can't. And how do they respond to that? Great. Of course. Great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it usually social situations for you? Is that how it shows no, up mostly? No. Le- less social situations, I would say. I don't yeah, and I don't I don't exactly know what brings it on. I feel like I always have this like low level mm-hmm. feeling. But then it can spike depending on different mm-hmm. circumstances yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah. 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 What about like anxiety where somebody is just um, the comedian? We haven't really talked about that type of anxiety where people will hide their anxiety mm. through like laughter or seeking mm-hmm. out laughter mm-hmm. or being with like a class the clown, clown, the class clown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like comedians, you think about like all these comedians who uh-huh. have anxiety and they mask it by making, making, people, laugh. making people laugh. Yeah, I know somebody true. who has anxiety that's like that. It's very interesting because they, you, you look at them in the exterior and they seem like they're so happy and it's like, wow, you just make everybody laugh. You're always laughing. You always have a smile on your face. And then, you know, you hear about when they go home and they're in the dark and they're just, Did they identify as being an anxious person or no? Yes. They, they're aware. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because we can look at the out, like our neighbors and think they have it all together, which it doesn't mean that if you have, or the anxiety, I don't know how you say that, have the anxiety. <laughs> when you have feelings of anxiety. When you have, when you have sensations of anxiety. It doesn't mean that you're broken. It doesn't mean that, you know, there's something wrong with you. But I think that we put these, like, rose-colored glasses on the people that we admire or we look up to and think, oh, they have it all together. Look at me. I'm stuck in the feelings of anxiety. I'm lesser than that person. No. I think, see, and I never, I actually feel like my anxiety makes me a better person. <laughs> maybe we want to cut that out. But it doesn't, my, my anxiety makes me really random. <laughs> I just yeah. think it makes me really, well, it's made me a better parent because my daughter struggles a little bit. And yes. it's made me a, a good wife to my husband because he's always freaking out about shit you shouldn't freak out about like me. Like, so. <laughs> I think I'm at a point now that you know? I, I think it's making, it's made me a better person, but I definitely think over the years I wasn't in that spot. No. And you know, no, yeah, yeah I, I hid right? away from it for a long time in right. my 20s because I was embarrassed and I was ashamed and I was very defensive. If somebody would say, relax, Ash, I would be like, yes. I would write them off or be, you know. I think it's important too, Ash, and like in my situation for sure when I, I'm saying like other than other than the awkward small talk <laughs> social situation I feel like I've come through the other side now like I, I really do feel like there's been massive improvement but I want to kind of make it clear that I have done a shit ton of work mm-hmm. like this is not something that just like clicked off for mm-hmm. me yeah me I and I still to this day I treat it like it is, it is constant. I treat it as a medical disorder. And I was actually thinking as you were talking, Haley, that, and you know, we've been talking about my anxiety versus the anxiety. And I just had this kind of like moment where I thought, Hey, wait a second. If there are feelings of anxiety, that is one thing or feelings of stress. But actually if it's a medical diagnosis, it is the anxiety. Cause you would not say 
it's or it is like anxiety right like Mm -hmm. you wouldn't say it's the feelings of a broken bone it's not no it's Mm -hmm. not it's not the feelings of a broken bone it's a fucking broken bone and it's the same thing with anxiety too I just want to really impress that like my and I may not be on the side of the fence about um I, I like I love my essential oils and I use them as an accessory to my treatment and my work um I will just never ever promote for a a solid diagnosis of anxiety, not simple stress or simple worrying or general feelings of anxiety from time to time. Sure. You can use things like that, but at some point or another, we do have to face the fact that these, the stigma is in place because we don't say what's true, which Mm -hmm. is that this is a medical condition. It is physiological and it's physical. And I think I just wanted to make that point that I actually treat it as a medical disorder, which is why I've been able to come through it. Mm-hmm. I don't mask it. I don't hide it. I don't pretend it's anything else. I don't sniff lavender oil and like have a bath and then say everything is okay. It's, it's not true. And I don't want to put that falsity out into the world about my experience, mm-hmm. even though I meditate and do all of that. Cause I know there's a physiological response biochemically when you do meditate or self care and you are bringing, resetting your nervous system, mm-hmm. doing yoga, all of those things are true. There is science behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you just need more. And if anyone out there is struggling with that and wondering if they're, they're, you know, they're trying to fix it without talking to an actual doctor, I would just maybe recommend talking to an actual doctor mm-hmm, and a sure. doctor of psychology. I have one. I have a psychologist. I've seen a psychiatrist. I have a counselor just to do talk therapy with. There's lots of different ways. I do EMDR. That is actually yeah, how yeah, I was able to move past some of my trauma. That's eye movement, desensitization, mm-hmm. something, something, something. Just look it up. EMDR. It may not work for everybody. You have to be in a certain place where you've come through a lot of other treatments and maybe you're treatment resistant in many ways. So you try this as as another technique. That is really what turned the corner for me mm-hmm. was actual EMDR treatments yeah, in addition yeah. to the talk therapy mm-hmm. and, and various medications over the years and things of that nature, but, and coping skills and meditation and, 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 and the fucking lavender oil. Cause I love the smell of it, but it's a lifelong journey. Yeah. It's a life is yeah. And mine was situational, but for a very long time, but I just want, I just wanted to impress that, that this has, this was not a magic light switch. This wasn't like it's situational as triggers go away and all of a sudden we're like fine again. This mm-hmm. is like, you need to put a cast on this thing. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. I do that. Well, I've done therapy for mine for years and I've also done um, EMDR and it's wonderful. And that's how I have been able to, you know, continue to heal and, and just go from there. As totally. soon as you recognize it and you talk about it, that's just, that's huge in itself. 100% yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. You know, I think going back to anxiety being rad and that you're, you know, you like that you've had anxiety, Ashley. And I think that that's, no, I, I, I <laughs> no, think no. it's great. I know, but that sounds a little bizarre, doesn't it? No, I just think it like, really no, I think it's acceptance. It's like, I, it sounds to me like you're kind of born with this thing. Yeah. Like it's sort of part of who you are. So there's at some point you can either fight the reality of it and be at war with what actually is happening in your body, or you can accept it and embrace it and, and at least find gratitude in the things that you've been able to find gratitude in. I don't think yeah. it sounds crazy at all. And the things that you've rad, learned actually. through it. Yeah. The things you've learned. Like think of all the things that you have done, like whether that's through you, you doing the EMDR yeah. treatments and all the things that you've discovered that you can now bring to your family and your clients. Like you are way more dynamic and diverse because of the things that have happened like through your anxiety or through the anxiety, the feelings of anxiety. My anxiety, the anxiety. Anxiety. I a anxiety, one anxiety, two anxiety. anxiety, anxiety I'm not getting anxiety. it. <laughs> <laughs> anxiety. I just want to actually bring in a comment from 
couple of our listeners. Uh, so this is from Charity. Anxiety would grip my life in an endless cycle of insomnia, jittery over-caffeinated exhaustion, negative tapes on repeat, tears in my car, and at its very, very worst, when coupled with depression, had me questioning whether I was a good mom to my kids. And you guys, I'm a great fucking mom. It's no joke. I have busted my ass and done the work to get to the other side of it. Most days are pretty good now. This is such an important topic. It's an em- epidemic, in my humble opinion. Love and light to all. Oh. Mm. Thank you, Terry. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. That was, I just got goosebumps a little bit because it's yeah. like both it's work. personal it work. and work, but that's it's quite work. profound though. And I, I would ha- happen to agree. It is an epidemic. We live in a world where we can't center ourselves on the here and now. Like we're very much focused on what's next mm-hmm. or what already mm-hmm. happened. And this is, I think, important. We didn't, when I was growing up, I didn't have a photo log of my life on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't look back and see something. I couldn't be reminded of that, of what happened yesterday or the day before the day before. Now that we have this, like we're, we're struggling to stay kind of in the present moment and we're so attached to like, what did I do? What did I say? I can see it again. What did that look like? Who was with me? Blah, blah, blah. Like relying on those past situations, not relying on, um, focusing on the past situations and then trying to predict future outcomes. And that, I think, is what is causing, I think it's at least a small part. So For sure. All my opinion, I just mm-hmm. want to say. Absolutely. And, and, you know, if anyone out there sells lavender oil and is now ready to, like, pack it in on this podcast, like, <laughs> these are just my opinions and based on my experience. Uh, but that's what I feel, is when I look back at things, I will, I will re-trigger and feel anxiety when I think ahead and, you know, dwell on what could potentially happen then I'm re-triggered. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm in a meditation or I'm just playing with my children or I'm focused and present in that moment, in literally the now, that's when it doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. Or I feel, yeah. Less sense. anxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm anxious now because I'm inarticulate tonight and can't string words together, but we're all in that boat this mm-hmm. evening. <laughs> a week it's and a half word. show day. Yep. So just w- uh, one more anonymous post uh, that was sent to me in private. <laughs> For me, it's totally physiological. Sleep, nausea, appetite, headaches, brain fog. It's so powerful that sometimes I can't even recognize it as anxiety. It feels like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm going to get sick. Or brutal pain flare-ups so I can't sleep. But lately, when I touch on it, I realize that it's an event I'm doing or an upcoming move or this file I'm working on. It's crazy. I'm grateful for the work I'm doing that is helping me to see it for what it is. The next step is learning how to manage it. So we're all on a, we're all on a journey, I think, and all at different stages of our journey to be able to live a full life Mm -hmm. while living with anxiety. So, and I think there are a lot of tools like uh, going back on that, just that you read there, an upcoming event or an upcoming Mm -hmm. trip or um, we have a trip coming up and I'm not even kidding you. I don't leave for two freaking weeks. But do you know that my kids, they're packed <laughs> because that is how I function. Laugh all you want. It helps on my own situation. This is how I function. Lists, organization, because without it, my anxiety will spike. Mm-hmm. It, it works in my house. It's yeah. not overpowering. It's just my husband knows. He's like, we leave in two weeks, but my wife is packed. Yeah. You bet your ass I yeah, am. Yeah. And you can also bet your ass that we will forget nothing. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've already been packed. In fact, <laughs> you will take two of everything. 
You'll forget what's in the bottom of the suitcase That's and right. repack it later. That's right. <laughs> and when we land, my husband will go, oh, shit, I forgot it. I, no, you didn't. No, nope, it's right, right here. Mm-hmm. So I just, You're these welcome. are ways that I can manage. Yeah. You know, when it comes to me being a health coach, the meal prepping and that all this, that almost soothes my anxiety. Mm-hmm. It just, I yeah. think that's that, that triggers yeah. mine. As, as a Pisces who I'm very flow, you know, flowy. Yeah. And the thought of having a list and the thought of being like organized makes me feel anxious. Oh, I love lists. Oh, like I, I want one for oh, Christmas. Like, if, if, I could, I, if I could honestly calendarize like the next 12 months <laughs> of my life and know exactly what's coming. <laughs> yes. Like, but I'm, I'm a weird, like administrative type of person anyway. I really like all of that organization, but I also like when my house is not cluttered. Like that really mm-hmm. stresses me out me and, and yes. I wouldn't say it gives me anxiety. I don't want to like, you know, lend it all the way to that end of the spectrum, but, um, it does start to stress me out. It does start to like raise the chemical response when there's clutter, like, and you can't focus. So I'm definitely on team organization for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah well it's, it's interesting like, to me <laughs> no, it's, don't, don't it's very me interesting like, to me well, we go away it's not like okay we're here now here's your agenda or here like I'm very chill that way but up until yeah or if there's an event coming up I, I love that you said you don't have an agenda you literally came here tonight <laughs> we're Ash and I were hanging in my living room before we started recording talking about our upcoming trips and you said about Mexico, you're like, I've already booked kept a date at the Sea Lions with Sophie. Oh, yeah. I've already booked Hatch into this. Like, and now she'll be at the bar, that, the pool bar. That's pool bar. There's nothing scheduled for Ashley. Let me just make that. <laughs> but everybody else is busy. <laughs> Ashley needs a break. Here. She's on the whole fucking trip. I need a break. <laughs> oh, oh well. I think, yeah, I think, can I just quickly circle back before we close up and just kind of go around the circle here as well? Because I think this is kind of key. Um, about really like still maintaining our radness if we're going to use that word and still being able to show up in the world and I think it's maybe an important thing to to note that um for everyone out there that sometimes things are happening behind the scenes that you don't know that you don't understand that maybe unlike Anna you know 10 years ago be more compassionate to people who are might be struggling who look like they're a little breathless in a social situation that might be a cue or who aren't showing up in social situations but also for people who plan 300 person events major events and stand on the stage with a microphone in their hand and wander around and talk to 300 people and produce an entire event who are really struggling behind the scenes. And that was me in 2018. Mm. So it's important to note that there can be very high functioning things happening and that you can still rock a stage. You can still be rad in your life. You can still produce events. You can still start businesses. You can still be creative. You can still be a good mother. It does not downplay who you are. It doesn't take your skills away. It doesn't take your talents away. It just it curbs you a little bit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't define you. It doesn't define you. Thank you. That's a way better articulation. Thank you. No, that was great. Thank you guys. Thank All right. You. Well, thank you so much for listening connections. And thank you again to our sponsor news. If you're still with us and have hung on till the end of this cast, you are officially connected. Head on over to unapologeticconnections.com to read more about us and put some faces to names.
Names to faces? Faces. Names to we can faces. never get this right. No, I'm no. No, that, I think that was right. Faces to names. Faces to names. Yeah, and faces don't forget to subscribe and leave us an honest review. Our agency stands for a lot of things, but most of all, real truth and real connections. So thank you for connecting with us. Until next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you guys. Thank you.